Author Patricia Schultz has taken her best-selling book, 1,000 Places to See Before You Die, to new heights. In her new deluxe edition, 1,000 Places to See Before You Die, The World as You've Never Seen It Before, the reader is immersed in gorgeous scenic photographs hand-picked by Patricia. It's a mix of photographers from all over the world who specialized in particular regions or cities. Avalon Travel's new moon travel book, Wanderlust, includes hundreds of pages of travel interest and destinations. Editor Grace Fujimoto tells us that Wanderlust, eclectic list of travel ideas, has something to offer for everyone. I feel like we, we hit a lot of different interests with these lists, and so hopefully everyone will be able to find a list in here that really speaks to them. Join us for conversation with New York Times best-selling author Patricia Schultz and Avalon Travel's Grace Fujimoto as we explore 1,000 places to see before you die with Wanderlust on World Footprints with Ian and Tanya Fitzpatrick. Author Patricia Schultz has transformed her New York Times best-selling book, A Thousand Places to See Before You Die, into an illustrated masterpiece featuring a thousand mesmerizing photos displaying the world as you've never seen it before. This deluxe edition has been reconceived for the photographic format and features 100% new material. I love your new coffee table deluxe edition of A Thousand Places to See Before You Die. Tell us how this book is different from all of the others in the A Thousand Places series. First of all, we call it photo-driven because that's simply what it is, versus the first book, which was essentially as a a soft-covered book, it was quite a brick, quite a heavy, wordy, text-driven book that was a lot more background and history, and I tried to give more of, you know, the the backstory and why you needed to visit and when and the uh, informational websites and the, you know, kind of how-tos and when-tos and all of that. And this is solely with captions, of course, but it's, it's far more visual, I think, in this, you know, Instagram world. Um, we've been reminded of what we've known all along, which is that a photo is worth a thousand words. So they're big, lush, gorgeous, sometimes double page spreads of photos that are the same 1,000 places as the original. But this time it's all about, um, I think it's much more dreamy and much more um, inspiring from, you know, a visual standpoint, much more captivating because it's really, you know, it kind of grips your interest immediately, whereas the other book is, you know, something that you kind of tuck into and you read for more basic and and factual and practical information. This is just big and glorious and gorgeous and um, our our new baby, (laughs) our new addition (laughs) to the line of 1,000 Places. Well, and and it's a six-pound baby, too, and just big and beautiful. (laughs) And, you know, they don't seem to call them coffee table books anymore. I don't know why. I think maybe it's kind of an old-timey expression that's a throwback to the 80s and 90s when they were very popular. Um, but it is um, a, a perfect gift. It's called the gift edition or the deluxe edition. It's all of that. And it's just a perfect compliment, I think. And it's great for people who already have the 1,000 Places book as well as those that are newbies who are hearing about 1,000 Places for the first time. Hopefully that's not too 
many people. It seems to be <laughs> such a well-known title, and it seems to be um, on everybody's proverbial bedside table for inspiration. But this, I think, is inspiration of a, of a different kind. Indeed. One of the things that I really love about this book, first of all, well, there are many things I really love about this new deluxe uh, edition. Um, I love the, the, the emphasis on photography because travel is visual. You have to, you know, you can experience travel. Through- I know, you know, and the only, only, I'm happy to say only, comment, if one might want to call it complaint, with the first book is that there are no visuals. There are just, you know, these postage stamp size visuals, actually not that small, but in some cases, yes. And the first book, and you know, travel lends itself and travel demands something visual, you know, like how can, but at the same time, we were very, you know, it's a thousand places and we were very, um, uh, pressed for space. Uh, you can only make a book so big before it's not bindable. And the original book was almost a thousand pa- uh, pages. So we we needed to you know make that compromise of one over the other to to reach a um, a mix of both text and visuals. And this we just gave ourselves over to totally over to um, to photographs and. Uh, it's not one photographer, and I am not the photographer of these uh, visuals, but it's a mix of photographers from all over the world who specialized in particular regions or cities or destinations, etc. So people ask me all the time, is it my photography? And I thought, no, because sometimes, you know, photographers need to wait weeks or, you know, need to travel on a whim to the other side of the world. And um, that wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, in my dreams, I would like to have um, done this kind of photography. It's all I can do to find a decent photograph to put on Instagram. But <laughs> these are, I think, some of the finest out there. We're very proud of the mix. It was fun, actually, to wade through thousands of photographs to create this, uh, this compilation. You've written 1,000 places books for different countries. Your new deluxe edition includes destinations around the world. Did you select the best of the best destinations from your other 1,000 Places series? This, um, in fact, they're the same 1,000 Places as the um, original book, which came out in 2003, which we've since updated and revised and, you know, in our attempt to keep it relevant and, and up-to-date and everything. So um, this book, as with the first, because it's the world, which can be daunting to a lot of people, um, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but there's a disappointing number of Americans who cannot find the U.S. or North America on a world map. So oh. given that Americans or travelers in general, uh, you know, around the world are um, challenged when it comes to geography, it follows the same sequence, this coffee table book, as the original. So it makes it as user-friendly. Um, in other words, it's not first, you know, all my favorite islands and then my favorite big cities and then my but rather it goes according to geographical regions so it's easy to use um whichever way you choose to use it and it's a great conversation piece to grace your coffee table i hope the book is as educational as well as it is inspiring because um it's it's just astonishing to me and not just americans by any means 
but you know travelers wherever you go and i hate to say that the younger you are the less you seem to know about world geography and um there's just so much to know and appreciate about the world and this is my humble effort to make people aware of the possibilities mm-hmm. and where they can be found and how we should try to see them sooner rather than later because there is no guarantee that you know that we're going to be here let alone countries that you think well you know these monuments and these unesco sites have always been here i'll go when i retire or i'll go when you know the mortgage is paid off or i'll go when i'm an empty nester or you know whatever and i just encourage people to go now because there is really no guarantee ever um i can't tell you how many trips i put on credit cards that somehow always managed to be paid off and never came back regretting anything if mm. if at all i came back realizing that was that the most remarkable experience ever you know worth worth the interest rate I paid on my credit card. <laughs> and I, and I, I have a follow-up question regarding that, but I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, with so many places to see, and, and you, again, you've outlined a thousand, what are a couple of places that we absolutely must see, in your opinion? Well, you know, that's such a good question. And my, my long-winded, I'll keep it as short as possible, answer is that, <laughs> You really need, you know, to your own self be true, because like you said, that life is so short. And if we have a conventional job, we're lucky if we get two weeks a year. And many people are so overwhelmed by planning and that those two weeks and sometimes not consecutively, they spend organizing their closets or painting the deck or, you know, cleaning out the garage. And it's a shame. But you have to, you know, be true to yourself. Do you love um, all things French? Are you an Italophile? Have you always wanted to see Rome, Venice, and Florence? Um, is, you know, culture your thing? Are you an outdoors person? You want to be active. You want to see the national parks of the U.S. We have 61, and each one is more beautiful than the next. Um, what is your budget? Can you go away for three nights and four days or three weeks? Do you want, you know, are you not so mobile? Do you want to take a cruise, and do you want to take a river cruise in Europe, or do you want to take a cruise in the Mediterranean, an ocean cruise? So, you know, there's all of that because you don't travel as much as you would like. You need to be, I think, really selective and very discerning. My favorites, if that's what you're asking for, mm-hmm. are a, my list is a thousand places long. <laughs> but when asked for my favorite places, I usually give three favorite destina- um, experiences more than, you know, like city-specific or or town-specific choices. And first most is Italy, because that's my heritage. My mother's from Italy, and we grew up thinking we were 500% Italian. And nobody has been to Italy who hasn't enjoyed it. So that's always my confirmation or my validation. And another is Southeast Asia that I mentioned Mm. before. It's an area of Asia which is massive that I've always loved. I've always loved India as well. But Southeast Asia which is Thailand and Burma and um, Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, and then the island countries of Indonesia, Malaysia, etc. Singapore is so exciting. We've all seen Crazy Asia. What is the name of that? Crazy Rich Asians. 
Yeah, right. see, we yes. all know it. <laughs> um, so that kind of woke up America is like, whoa, Singapore is not what I expected, kind of like the Manhattan of Southeast Asia. So, and that's fascinating. So that entire area where the experience is not at all that similar, but yes, it is coming from a first-time Western visitor. And then the African safari, and there are maybe a dozen countries like um, Uganda and Zambia, Kenya, South Africa. The experience is different, but again, the safari experience in general is such a remarkable thing. And I was kind of late to experience it because it's not inexpensive and you do need a chunk of time. But once I did experience it, I've been back, I don't know how many times, and I'd go back in a nanosecond. So those three things are more comprehensive than, you know, city-specific answers, but it's so mm-hmm. impossible. It's, you know, it's such a personal thing, um, and I think I always wanted to see every place, so it didn't <laughs> matter much to me where I went, and I've, you know, put a, a good um, dent in the overall picture, but, you know, I'm still checking them off. I still have a great number of places I'd love to go to. What do you see and feel as you travel throughout the world? That's such a lovely comment slash question, Um, because first and foremost, and without any doubt, from my first trip ever to my um, most recent and all those I have lined up ahead, um, if my head, if not on paper, um, is that it is so important for our growth. And I think it just kicks open the door in a way that you can never shut it again. And the earlier you can experience it, the more valuable it is to how we build our character and how what our um, view of the world is, our worldview, and how we see ourselves in it, and ourself as in our individual self, but also how we see America in terms of the globe. Because if you never leave these shores, you'll only know what you know from your little, very comfortable bubble. And mm-hmm. it most often is just totally wrong. It's very restricted and it's very small. And I think the travel just opens up everything. It opens up your head and your eyes and your heart. I think it makes us better people. I think our politicians should be forced to show their passport. In other words, it's given that you even have one before <laughs> you apply to run for certainly national um, campaign. And I don't want to mention any names because, you know, from the time George Washington, you know, sat in office on Pennsylvania Avenue, it is absolutely necessary. They say you'll never bomb a country if you've broken bread with the people, if you've visited that country and there are faces behind just a speck on the map, because you will have understood something about how we're all the same and we're all related and we all want the same things. And the more you travel, the more you see that. And it warms my heart sometimes when I go to a place on the other side of the globe and there's a language barrier and a culture barrier, and those barriers are broken in a minute, in a nanosecond, because we all smile in the same way, we all want the same things, 
So it shrinks the world incredibly in that sense while also having you understand that the world is so big and it offers so much and that to think that there are just a thousand places is almost laughable. This really is just, you know, a teaser or a sampling. Mm -hmm. And if it's not found in the book, does that mean you shouldn't go, oh, that's just crazy. It just means that you need to create your own thousand places and make sure you see, you know, as many of them as you can. A link to the gift edition of 1,000 Places to See Before You Die can be found on this show page at worldfootprints.com. You're listening to the award-winning World Footprints podcast with Ian and Tanya Fitzpatrick. World Footprints connects you to the world one story at a time. We invite you to travel deeper by visiting our website, worldfootprints.com, and make sure you sign up for our newsletter and receive a special gift. Wanderlust, a traveler's guide to the globe, is the newest Avalon Travel moon book to hit the shelves. But unlike purse-sized guidebooks, Grace Fujimoto, Avalon's Vice President of Acquisitions, tells us Wanderlust is a coffee table-sized book filled with nearly 400 pages of an eclectic mix of natural wonders, festivals, ancient cities, epic trails, and more. What was the inspiration for creating a travel book with this type of eclectic format? I think that what we were really trying to do was to get travelers at a really early stage of their travel planning where they just are dreaming about the next trip that they're going to take. And so these themes and all of the lists that are in the book are really meant to set your imagination on fire. Wanderlust has nearly 400 pages of attractions, destinations, and events. You didn't scratch the surface of global wonders. So how did you make your selections for this book? So that, I think, um, really emphasizes what we were trying to do with this book, is really showcase the, the world. And um, I feel like so many times there's such a concentration for travelers to think of like Europe. And for us, we really wanted to make sure that this book had more than, you know, all of the great places in Europe or the places that people think of um, just off the top of their head, but really have a broad diversity across the world, including here in the U.S. Would you say then that Wanderlust was published for a broad spectrum of travelers? I think it does cut across the spectrum of travelers. I think that, you know, just the sheer number of lists in this book, I feel like, um, you know, from the adventure and outdoors to flavors of the world to the natural wonders, 
I feel like the, we hit a lot of different interests with these lists. And so hopefully everyone will be able to find a list in here that really speaks to them. Wanderlust is very organized. It even includes interest categories. I told Grace that I was excited to see the scuba diving section and was intrigued to see that Thailand was included as a top scuba diving destination. Besides scuba diving, what are some of the things that jumped out to you? Oh, well, okay, wine trails, you know, I have, <laughs> it's, it's all research-based. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love the wine section as well, and although I don't know that I can go to all of these regions, one of the fun things that I've been trying to do is pick up wines, um, going to my local wine shop and looking for wines from these areas. What really jumped out to me as well were the volcanoes. You have a list of the 500 most beautiful, or uh, sorry, you have a list of the 50 most beautiful volcanoes. Yeah, that's a really great section. And it's full of like little bits of trivia as well. For example, the biggest volcano, I guess, is Mauna Loa here in Hawaii, um, or here in the United States. And then, you know, I didn't realize that Kilimanjaro was actually made up of three volcanoes. So, you know, even if you come into it thinking, I'm reading about all these volcanoes, you'll come away with a lot of interesting facts. There's also a list of favorite bucket list trips. Um, what are some of your favorites? Oh my gosh. So yes, the book starts off with 50 um, wonders to see in your lifetime. And I've actually only done nine of them. And so <laughs> I have quite a few to go. And um, some of my favorites um, at the top of that list are Vietnam's Halong Bay, which is this beautiful bay in northern Vietnam, where you kind of sail through these islands that are like rocky and you know green and just sounds so peaceful where every moment is gonna be stunning. Um, some of the other ones are the ferry chimneys in Cappadocia in Turkey where you get on a hot air balloon and float above these magical looking rock formations. And then um, Patagonia is, has always been on my bucket list to see those, those glaciers. But what about you? What's on your bucket list? Oh, my gosh, um, Grace, I can just take a dart and throw it on a map. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, the Galapagos, um, for sure, and uh, Nepal. Um, one of the things that we are getting ready to do next year, and I was happy to see it in the book, is um, we're going to hike the Inca Trail to Machu Picchu. So I was really happy that that's included in the, um, the section on trekking. Yeah, oh, Machu Picchu is amazing. Um, that is one of the wonders that I've seen. Um, and I did that last year for my mother's 75th birthday. And it was amazing. We didn't hike the Inca Trail, but we did go up to Huayna Picchu, the mountain that you see in all those photos. And she was, she looked at the record of all the people who had gone that day, and she's like, I'm the oldest one. <laughs> As a travel editor, Grace has seen a lot. So I asked her if there was anything she found in Wanderlust that surprised her. So many things surprised me in this book. I really learned so much. But one of the things that kind of stands out is 
there's this section on extraordinary natural phenomena. And, you know, I just thought these were like random things in different corners of the world. Um, but it turns out like, you know, play, things like uh, salt lakes, uh, basalt columns, geysers, they happen, you know, in different places all over the world. And so it just reminds me that we're all on this one planet shaped by the same forces. And so while we have here in California, Devil's Postpile, which is a great basalt formation, they also have them in Micronesia. So, you know, it just makes the world seem that much closer. Mm-hmm. And is there something you found in uh, your, the book Wanderlust that you said, okay, this is my next adventure for sure? Yeah. So, you know, sometimes like a photo really speaks to you. And there's this photo towards the end of the book of this woman making an offering in the Ganges. And it just reminded me that my father had really wanted to go to India and he never did. And so looking at that photo just made me think about, you know, I really should go to India and just try to experience it on his behalf. Now, I want to ask you, you know, we talk about travel as being very transformative. And so I know you, you have traveled a lot. I mean, you have to as an editor. (laughs) Um, But so what, when you travel, what do you see through your heart's eye? That is such an important question, I think, because I think that travel does have such a power to be transformative. And I really look for that connection to the world, this greater place um, than the narrow little life that I'm leading. Um, So I just remember being in Sequoia in Kings Canyon National Park and looking at those mountains and realizing those mountains have been here a lot longer than I have, and they'll be around for a lot longer than I will be. But somehow that just made me feel so connected to, to, the, to the world, this beautiful world that we're in. Through your travels, what has been your most memorable and impactful memory? I, these days I've been traveling a lot with my mother because she has this long bucket list that she's trying to get through. And I just remember, I really wanted to go to Paris with her because she loves Monet. And I, we went to the Orangerie where they have the, um, uh, the water lily paintings And I just remember sitting there watching her look at those and just feeling very like peaceful and feeling like this is the kind of thing that travel can do. It can bring people together. It can really deepen a connection and also have that dream fulfillment quality to it. So I just love that moment. And 
I was so in it that I didn't even remember to take a photo of that. And luckily, I just have this really great image in my head about from that trip. A link to Wanderlust can be found on this show page at worldfootprints.com. these two coffee table size books it's very interesting to see that there is no overlap of destinations and that just reminds us of how large this world is and I think there's no overlap because Wanderlust focuses on travel interests versus destinations and a thousand places identifies a smaller list of destinations in a world comprised of millions of unique places As I think about these books, I'm just reminded of the fact that this world has so much stuff to see that it's going to be impossible to see it all in its lifetime. So it's almost nice to have a book like this, but then at the same time, too, it just reminds us that we're not going to be able to see it all. We're trying, though. But yeah, there is a lot to see. And, you know, as the wise Confucius said... Wherever you go, go with all your heart. So those destinations that we're able to see, that you're able to see, go with all your heart. We are very grateful to you for spending time with us, and we're honored that you let us into your home. We ask you to invite your family and friends to join us on these journeys as well. We're Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick, and we thank you for allowing us to connect you to the world, one story at a time, on World Footprints. This World Footprints podcast with Ian and Tanya Fitzpatrick is a production of World Footprints, LLC, Silver Spring, Maryland. The multi-award winning podcast is available on worldfootprints.com and on audio platforms worldwide, including iHeartRadio, Public Radio Exchange, iTunes and Stitcher. Connect with the world one story at a time with World Footprints. Visit worldfootprints.com to enjoy more podcasts and explore hundreds of articles from international travel writers. And be sure to subscribe to the newsletter. World Footprints is a trademark of World Footprints LLC, which retains all rights to the World Footprints portfolio, including worldfootprints.com and this podcast.